And we are back. Bill Williams, Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, just plain right. Boomer, were you just wondering what I was doing back here? <laughs> was like, I even turned around. I was like, uh, did he, gonna, he hear me? Is he going to talk? What's he doing? <laughs> I was texting. I was texting. I've got two TVs, two computer screens, a full board right in front of me, and and all your stuff, too. And I'm, I was texting. <laughs> too, much, too much stimuli. Too and, much. Too much. Hey, uh, real quick, by the way, I got a, a text right here from Colin from Decatur. Uh, Colin says, uh, why legislate into school choice when they need to legislate out of no child left behind that he says ruined public education? Well, uh, okay, so first of all, Colin, I will say you're talking about federal versus state, all right? So no child left behind was a federal act of Congress that was uh, put in, uh, in place and signed by Governor Bush back in 2002, um, and it actually was legislated out. They replaced it in December 2015 with the Every Student Succeeds Act. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that, that, that's done. But you're also, you're also in apples and oranges here. School choice, the manner in which school systems are run, is a state-level issue. If we federalize everything about um, education, then it's one central office. And I guarantee you the special interest will wreck it. So what we're looking at here is school choice is a Tenth Amendment issue. It's a state's issue. It's the ability for states to have determination as to what is best for their school systems, for their kids. And I, and I, would, I would hesitate to, to say that, 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 that kids come first all the time. They don't too often. They don't come first. Uh, I'm sorry to say it, but they, the school systems have so often had the sway. Here's the thing. I'm going to start this conversation off with the philosophical underpinnings for a conversation on school choice. If you believe that tax dollars for education are there for the system and not for the child, then you're part of the problem. If you believe that the system has the better say in what is right for a child than the parents or legal guardians, then you are part of the problem. It's about as clear as I can get it. I'm just going to be honest with you. The reality is, as conservatives, the position should always be that tax dollars are there for the benefit of the child's education, not for the system itself. Feeding the beast is not what we're supposed to be about. It's feeding the child's ability to be educated. And at the same time, parents, households, legal guardians, whoever it may be that has the legal and, and really moral authority to raise that child is the one who should have the better say. Now, I, I, I know there's going to be one-offs. There's going to be situations where you've got some lousy parents or you've got some kids you know, being brought up in, in horrible environments, and I get that. That's the exception as opposed to the rule. The vast majority of households in this nation are stable. The vast majority of households in this nation are doing what they can to do the best for their kids. And the vast majority of households in this nation deserve to have the first say in what happens for their kids' education. It just They just do. All right. Now, having said all that, where are we right now? Well, we're last in the nation. <laughs> I mean, come on. And oh, by the way, it has continued to go down even though we have been upfunding education like you would never believe. So when I got elected in 2010... You know, walked in the doors for the first regular session of 2011. Didn't even know where the bathrooms were. You know, as I was trying to figure out the whole state house thing, how do I? What are the rules around here? Where do, where do I sit? You know, what's anyway? All that to say, I immediately was aware that we had an issue, 
And that issue was not money. And I used to see, it used to drive me crazy. I would see Democrats go to the podium and they would argue that we don't fund education to a high enough level, but you could never get them to say what the high enough level was. So how about this? If you're going to make a claim like that, be able to back it up with a metric. So we would have these debates. Well, we don't fund edu- education enough. We're defunding education and we're making it hard. No, we're not. When you begin to look at the actual numbers, you find that I believe there are eight or more states that fund at a higher level per pupil for their education systems than we do. Excuse me. We fund higher than eight of them. That's why it's hard to say. We fund at a higher level than eight or so other states, and yet we rank lower than them. Why is that? Because they're doing something different with the money. Well, Phil, we got schools where the parents don't participate, and we need we need parental in- involvement. We need the PTAs, and and they can't even they have to bring toilet paper to the school. I I get that, I get that, I understand that, and I do know that there are school systems in this state because they come in a in an affluent neighborhood that they they have the ability to do things out of their own pocket sometimes and upfund their own capabilities while there are schools in deprived areas or underprivileged areas that don't have that. I get that. Why would you trap someone in their zip code? If that's your argument, then you just made the argument for choice. If your argument is, well, those those kids that are you know that are living in affluent neighborhoods, they've got it going on. How about this? How would you feel if some of the kids who come from the less affluent neighborhoods had an opportunity to go wherever their parents deemed most fitting? Wow, you gonna let it happen? Huh? You can put your money where your mouth is. Well, you those they don't their their parents don't need to they need to do more. Do what more? What 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 is it they should do? What they should do is have the ability to say, I'm tired of this. I want better for little Johnny. I want better for little Susie. I want them to have a place where they can go and get educated without fear of gang violence or a place where they can get educated with, with, you know, uh, actual teachers who care about what they do. I want, I want them to go to a place where when I drop them off in the morning, I know I can still pick them up in the afternoon because everything's okay. I, I, you know, I, where, the, where the facilities are, are more up to date. And, well, well then they're going to they're gonna come in and they weren't the ones who paid the local taxes that made some of that happen. Get over yourself. I can't help that you might pay more taxes in one part of the state than you do in others. But that's a farcical argument because they're bringing their tax dollars with them if you do school choice right. So here's the thing. Fox News. Storyline dated yet today. Uh, Last night. Last night. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds signs historic school choice bill. She says we will fund students, not systems. There you have it. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds signed an unprecedented school choice bill called the Students First Act on Tuesday, allowing any Iowa student to use public money to pay for private school tuition or or other expenses. She says, for the first time, we will fund students and not systems. She says, parents, not the government, can now choose. She's like saying everything I just said. Parents, not the government, can now choose the education setting best suited to their child, regardless of their income or zip code. Iowa has affirmed that educational freedom belongs to all. And Iowa is now, by the way, the third state to do this. They are the third. I think Oklahoma and Arizona have also passed similar measures. And then we have other versions of school choice around the nation that are far more substantive than what we have here. So question, do we have school choice in Alabama? Yes, uh, in part because uh, the crowd that I was with 
uh, from 2010 through 2018, we, we put it in place. It had never been there before. We now have a modicum of charter schools, and we now have a, a modicum of choice in that we have a thing called the Alabama Accountability Act that allows you, if you're in a failing school, the bottom 6%, you can apply for a scholarship that, that you might be able to take with you somewhere else. But it's limited. It's an application process. There's no true freedom. You're kind of constrained. You hope you can get picked. And, and it still even depends then upon people who will fund those scholarships. Um, so do we have some school choice? Yeah, and I was proud to help pass it. Do we have enough? Heck no. So going back to the story from Fox about Iowa, the state of Iowa, says parents can use these, they call them education savings accounts. Basically, it's like money set aside for your child. Parents can use the ESAs or education savings accounts for private school tuition, for tutoring, for textbooks, for curricular materials, for special needs therapies, and more. And they said they've already seen success using ESAs in Arizona. And the, 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 the person who's speaking here, a, a national education advocate, says Iowa is the third state to pass universal school choice, but it's the state with the heaviest foot on the accelerator. In other words, they're doing more, they're doing it faster, they're doing it now. Um, points out that a similar bill passed the Florida House of Representatives, um, and, uh, and I think it failed to move on from there. This thing, by the way, if, you're wor- if, if legislators are at all worried, if they're, if they're the kind that put their finger in the, in the wind to find out whether or not the polling says what they should or should not do, just know this, folks. This overwhelmingly polls favorable, and it's a bipartisan favorable. You put school choice in place, ain't nobody going to argue. The only ones who are going to argue are the ones who are listening to what the teachers' union is telling them to say. Because the teachers' union are the ones that hate this, and they hate it with a passion. Why? Because they lose control. And why else? Because it shines a light on ineptitude. Because here's the thing. When you have school choice, it's like having the free market. So here's an argument for you. If you're sitting there talking to somebody, you know, maybe they're a dyed-in-the-wool teachers' union person, or maybe they're someone who just doesn't get it. Here, here's, a, here's an analogy. Let me paint it for you this way. I've said it before on the show, but I'll say it again. Let's say you move to a small town. You move to a small town, and you realize quickly when you get there, there's only one grocery store, just one. It's not a big town, but still, you kind of would have thought there might have been more. But anyway, just one. And you go there, and it's like, wow, they got crappy produce. You know, the, the, the milk is like marginal on the, on the, on the dates. You got, uh, you, you're constantly trying to find the right uh, brands. And it's like they're serving off brands. And, you know, you look at it and go, okay, I mean, I can feed myself here and I guess we'll be okay, but this is not a great selection. What, a, what kind of grocery store is this? Then you find out this is the only grocery store allowed to be in that town because the city council passed a, a vote. And they voted to not allow any other grocery store in. And when that happened, the grocery store you're stuck with didn't feel like it had to compete anymore. The grocery store you're stuck with knew that it had a commanding lead in the market, if you will. They weren't going to have to up their game. They weren't going to have to do anything special. They weren't going to have to make sure that you had what you wanted as long as what they wanted. And so they just got mediocre at best. And then one day, a group of folks goes down to the city council and they petition and they they get the authority for another grocery store to be allowed in the town another one down the road and it comes in and it man next thing you know people are flocking to it they have the best produce their meat department is awesome the the customer service is better you're getting things you couldn't get before and all of a sudden the old grocery store it has a choice 
Either A, it ups its game to compete and bring back its customers, or it folds up and goes away. The only place in the world where we reward mediocrity with more money is in government. So you can have a failing school, and they will get the same money next year. They can be mediocre as all get out. They'll get the same money next year. And I'm just telling you, folks, it's because they have no competition, and they know the zip code tells them that they're okay. And I got news. We've got to get away from that if we're ever going to see education in this state rise to a new level, period. All right, Boomer. That's like a whole separate monologue, man. I just, I just, that was totally off the cuff. But I'm, I'm telling you, I'm passionate about this. Go ahead and take us to a break, Boom. But I, I am passionate about this. Did you, in case you hadn't figured it out. But I am. I mean, the free market can, can make your school systems stronger, not weaker. And, and, the, and the reality is parents deserve to have the right to move their child where it's best for the child. And the education tax dollars are there for the child, not the system. By God, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We'll be right back. back phil williams right side radio solid conservative and just plain right saving the world one soundbite at a time so apparently boomer just uh, reviewing some of the texts that we've received uh we are coining quite the right side ruffian uh, uh, uh dictionary of terms uh, we, we now have jack wagon we have jackassery and we have toppy heads oh so there you go yeah that's uh I'm not sure that it's good for me to be known for those things, but <laughs> <laughs> but. but but you know what do you do? So um, anyway, all right, yeah, all right. Hey, listen, um, story here on CBS 42, right here in the news, WIAT down yonder in Montgomery. Um, Alabama lawmakers, it says, are likely to consider school choice legislation. So I said this earlier. I am noticing um, more unsolicited statements in favor of school choice sort of percolating to the surface um, than I've seen in years past. A lot of times it's duck and cover, don't talk about it, don't make eye contact, or if they do, they're one-offs by somebody who does not have the rest of the body joining with them to make it happen. Um, and, and right now, though, we're seeing, okay, so Governor Kay Ivey did proclaim this as Alabama School Choice Week, but they do that every year. That's no big deal. Uh, Governor Ivey also said that there were comments made in her um, recent uh, uh, speech as she uh, was sworn in uh, for her new term um, when she said that uh, school choice was, was an important concept that needed to be considered. Okay, what does that mean? I think she said it's also important that we have these discussions. Well, okay. How about we've been discussing this for a long time, Governor, and you were there for most of it, So, and you're also the de facto uh, uh, head of the state school board, so it's time to quit talking and start putting you know, the pedal to the metal. But right now we got uh, other legislators, and I love the fact that we got freshman legislators who are not afraid to make some noise. So here's one. Freshman Representative Susan DeBose says she thinks there could be enough support in the legislature this session to pass a school choice bill. 
She said, I've heard from almost every new legislator they are for school choice. I've heard from our Speaker of the House, Nathaniel Ledbetter, who said the same thing here in our studios, but about uh, five weeks ago. Um, she's from Hoover. She says, I think this might be the year. Uh, DuBose says she's considering being a sponsor or a co-sponsor for school choice legislation. Says the goal is to let the money follow the student by putting parents' tax dollars in the district they choose for their child rather than the one they live in. Uh, she notes that in her part of the district uh, of Jefferson County, part of her district is in Jefferson County, says there are 17 schools performing in the bottom 6%. Yeah, Jefferson County is, is, is hurting when it comes to the number of uh, failing schools in their area. And she says, what I said earlier, she says she hopes that school choice will create competition that ultimately helps all schools to succeed. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. But, of course, we immediately had the response. Um, CBS 42 went and got the, uh, uh, the, you know, the sort of the rebuttal comment, which is typical. I mean, you and that's by the way, that's not bad reporting. But what I'm saying is it, what was said was typical. Uh, she went to Representative Barbara Drummond, a Democrat. Uh, Drummond says it's about equity and resources. I don't know what that means. I'm not sure she does either. Says it's equity and resources that need to go to the schools struggling before more funds are diverted. Well, I got news. Before funds are diverted, if a child leaves the school, you don't need the money attributed to that child anyway because you're not having to be the ones who care for them, feed them, or teach them. So if, if, if kids are leaving a school, it's because the school was sorry. If they are seeing an opportunity down the road and they want to take their kids to another school, well, they wouldn't do that if your school was on par. So basically you're just saying it's not about what you need, parents. It's about us feeding the system. Got to feed the beast. Well, chair of the House Education Policy Committee, Terry Collins, who's been on the show more recently, she also weighed in saying that she felt like there was going to be something, that this might be a year that we could get something done. Um, a little mediocre there. She chairs the uh, House Education Policy Committee, so I'm, I'd like to see more leadership from Terry Collins on that um, because Terry is the kind that people listen to. When Terry Collins gets something, you know, basically a burr under her saddle, she gets stuff done. And so I'm hoping she's going to get a burr under her saddle this year to say, we're doing school choice, let's get moving. And if she has the backing of the Speaker of the House, the House is going to do it. Then it comes down to the Senate. Where are we at? Well, tomorrow, if all goes well, we're going to have uh, State Senator Clay Schofield, who is the um, uh, majority leader in the state Senate. But I'll tell you this, Lieutenant Governor Will Ainsworth, who presides over the Senate, he's not a voting member unless there's a, a need to split the a tie. But he came out, though, and he said, in regards to school choice, he said it's about giving students and their parents the freedom to choose. And he holds up Florida as an example. He says, Parents need to have an option. You look at Florida, 700 charter schools, 600 magnet schools, thousands of students have gotten out of historically failing schools. Those kids have a choice. Their parents have a choice. We've got to do the same in Alabama. That's good to hear the lieutenant governor saying that. Now, he has the safety of his position. He can't carry a bill. He can press for things. I'm hoping his influence will mean something. But the reality is this. We need the people who can put the boots on the ground to get busy. All right, folks, coming right back, my friend Ryan Cantrell from American Federation for Children coming on to give us some commentary on the national and maybe the state perspective on school choice. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
all you right 